Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. would have had serious consequences for the world financial system but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs We're slicing cake We're slicing cake We're slicing cake Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Welcome, welcome everyone to Candle Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave, from L.A., coming to you live from FEMA region number six. Today is Wednesday. It is actually May the 22nd, 2019. We have a live show for you today. At any time, if you'd like to get into the conversation, give us a call. 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call and number. And today's show is going to be based around what happens to them becomes our future, part two. We have Pastor Keith uh, in the studio, but sleeping. Uh, so we're going to Try to get Pastor Keith. What's up, Pastor Keith? How you doing? I'm blessed. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. I just want to say thank you to all the Tando Radio Show uh, listeners, and we are going to have a show for you all today, live show, so don't hesitate. Give us a call. But the reason why we can have a live show, Pastor Keith, is because of Black Talk Radio Network. Black Talk Radio Network was put together by Scotty Reed so that there will be a, a actual network that would cater to the everyday person within our within the demographics of the African-American community and have a media outlet for that overall community. And it was a grassroots organization. He started it himself from his own dime and his sweat equity teeth. And so now it got to the point where Black Talk Radio Network has grown. There's many, many listeners around the world that listen to it, but it needs the support of the listeners and for it to continue, because as you can imagine, that, that endeavor it gets pretty expensive. So we need to support this network. If you listen to this network, I think it's an obligation that you have to uphold it. The reason being is because you listen to it for a reason, okay? So please go to www.blacktalkradionetwork on the homepage, hit the donation uh, prompt, donate, but the best way to support this network is being a member inside of this social media platform. Scotty also established a social media platform 
I was a while back, a couple of years back, uh, Scotty and I was talking, Scotty, we need to get off of Facebook. He said, yes, but it's, it's convenient. Um, it, it, it works for what we need, but you're right. We do need to do that. And lo and behold, next thing I know, Scotty puts together a, a, a comparable social media network to, to Fedbook, a.k.a. Facebook, but it's even better in my overall estimation. So go to www.BTR Community and join the social media platform known as BTR, where you, BTR Community, where you can post things about yourself, things about your business, things about uh, your, you know, what you think needs to have uh, social media exposure or just things that need to have exposure. And it's better to do that there because Black Talk Radio Network or BTR Community will not sell your information to anyone. So it's more beneficial to you, and, and it's a membership, so you don't have to worry about all of your information so much being as public in the public arena, which many people have lost a lot of, uh, a whole lot because of that. So come on over to BTR Community for only $24 a year. You will be able to uh, engage in that social media platform, okay? Very important. Also, now's the time to acquire real money. Keith, the world is becoming very, very much so more unstable by the moment. And it's going to be a point in time where you won't be able to acquire real money. You'll only be able to utilize debt, and debt will consume you because you, you will be indebted, and that debtedness will bankrupt you. So exchange your currency for real money. You can do that at Prosperity Mint, www.prosperitymint.com. Go to prosperitymint.com, check out what's in inventory there, then email info at prosperitymint.com so that someone at Prosperity Mint can get back with you and just explain to you the overall buying process so you will be doing it correctly. And that benefits you. It won't be sold for anything else. It won't be, uh, you won't be harassed. You won't get those daggone sales calls that you get for those that you have that have um, actually uh, email Prosperity Mint, and they contacted you, you see why that, that was done. And you haven't received any other um, sales or, or advertisement because that's not how they, they're, they're going to do it. So, And just tell them that I sent you, Dave from Tando Radio Show. All right, so let's get into what's in the news and get into today's show. Today's show was part two, what happens, what happens to them becomes our future. So uh, let's get into that. The first article we got from, excuse me, I have a little uh, sinus thing here. Market Business Insider, Trump made a reportedly blacklist Chinese surveillance giant, showing the trade war is shifting from, from sweeping tariffs to direct attacks on companies. And I see this going into keep watch. You're going to have individuals in both countries that are, key people in different companies that happen to be in one of the other companies, they're going to get kidnapped by the state. They're going to start snatching these people up. Okay, say that again. Who's going to start getting snatched up? So if, if I can see in the future, so let's say you're, you're, you're a key person that is in, in what is considered an American company or a company that, that uh, has uh, American um, Okay, you mean like an American, international company. 
an American coming to you, that's international. Yes. So you're over there in China, you're going to get kidnapped by the Chinese government. They're going to snatch you up. If you're a Chinese person that is um, working for a company that is considered to be a proxy for the Chinese government, the U.S. government is going to kidnap you here. And, and that's what it's going to come down to. And I think you'll start to see it. You've already We've seen already it. They've already seen it. They've already done it. Yeah. And it's going, to, it's going to spread even more so. All right. So what's the purpose of that, Dave? Well, it's going to come down to trading with the enemy act. Because there will be a war between the U.S. and China, a, a confrontation militarily. There's already one militarily, but it will be announced militarily. There, there's already been one currency. It's been announced. There's already been a trade war, and it's been announced. But actually, the currency war started without the announcement of the currency war. Then they announced it. The trade war, there was actually trade wars uh, uh, escalation without the trade war being announced. It was announced. There's military conflict, direct military conflict between the U.S. and Chinese military, but then it will be announced. So it's uh, definitely significant. So check out that. Next article from Sputnik News. U.S. Uh, military assets deployed to the Persian Gulf prone to accident, Iran, Iran warns. So let me, uh, President Donald Trump said earlier in the day that there's no indication that Iran is preparing to take action against American interests in the Middle East, but added that any provo provocation would be met with great force. That's what Donald Trump said. Yeah. That's what he's been saying. Yeah, that's what he's been saying. But this is, and you'll see why I say but, because there's some conflicting things. Donald Trump is not in, in charge of anything. Doesn't, doesn't control anything. Celebrity figurehead only. Now, now you say that, <coughs> but what's weird about that statement is I <coughs> I agree, but where this is different is because <coughs> it looks like he's heading us towards that path. Which path? A war. Yep. But Donald Trump himself was always opposed to these wars. Yep. Yep. Which goes to show that not in charge. You know, I call him the celebrity figurehead, and, and I want to explain that. A lot of people have asked me, what do I mean by their celebrity figureheads? They're your stars. They're your actors. They put, they put these people out. In front. Obama was a celebrity figurehead, made no decisions, had no relevance other than the camera. Trump, same way. The, uh, Bush, same way. Clinton, same way. All of them. If they stand before, only actors stand before a camera or people that's being interviewed for a publication. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Sure. Now, I will concede that a lot of... Generally, you, you, you have to. You don't, you, you're forced to, but you, you, you don't go willingly. Keep a guy, what were you going to say? But my concession isn't a full concession. I agree with you 100%. There's somebody behind those polls. Okay, well then, how can there not be a full concession if, 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 you, said, if you agree 100%? But that's not to say... So what, it's, it's 50%, so you got 150%? Well, I think that the, the celebrity figure here... Go ahead, Keith, I'm not going to interrupt you. Go ahead. They have a lot to do with persuasion. They, got, they still got a lot of power. They still move a lot of stuff 
and start things moving, et cetera, et cetera. Does, does Denzel Washington have influence? Well, I mean, everybody's got influence. Right. So I'm, 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 making, I'm making your point. Right. Because they have the same relevance and influence that all celebrity figureheads have. Hey, hey, Dave. And Keith, yeah. Good, yeah, mo- exactly. good, good morning to you both. Good morning, brother. Um, in terms of the United States, I'm going to disagree with you, Dave, to a certain extent, okay? And yeah. because a lot of stuff can't happen without that person's signature. So that person is part of the decision-making process. He ain't or she isn't, and we never had a she, but... um. You know, we talk about the shadow government. We've talked about these think tanks, which are the shadow governments and what have you. And, you know, I can't say if threats are being made or not to force them to do this, that, or the other. I do know history has shown in the past that, like, for example, J. Edgar Hoover would get people to do what he wanted them to do because he was spying on them and, and he would, quote, unquote, blackmail them and what have you. Yeah. But... When I think that celebrity figurehead label applies more to, let's say, the Iranian president than it would the U.S. president. Why do I say that? Everybody know that Ayatollah has all the power there. You know what I'm saying? The um, whatever that whatever I, they have a name for it, the ruling body. You know, and it's a religious, theocratic ruling body. And they make all the decisions, but they have a president. But he's pretty much just a figurehead. Um, Russia, who uh, Vladimir Putin isn't the president, or is he? Because he was the prime minister for a long time. And I was confused about that because they would have a, a, a president and a prime minister. But it seemed to me the prime minister held all the power. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's now yeah he's the president now and medvedev is the prime minister when when medvedev was president uh putin was prime minister well it seems to me that putin has always held the power and then you know going back to my uh fbi j edgar hoover comment um he might be pulling a j edgar hoover because he was in the kgb to hold out the power and what have you um but when it comes to donald trump man we said this the other day, Dave. I don't think you, I think it was the uh, day that you was uh, working. And, uh, well, not that this isn't work, but working your other job. Um, but um, right. I was saying, you know, Donald Trump is double-minded. The Bible say a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Another word for double-minded is two-faced. You know what I'm saying? He telling yeah. he might be telling the public one thing, but something else is being said behind the scenes or what have you. Um, now, Congress is supposed, like for what's playing out right now, Congress is saying, well, you're supposed to come to us before you launch any kind of wars or whatnot. The Constitution say this, that, and the other about who has war-making powers. But that shit been sailed. They been gave that power uh, 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 power away, um, you know, and all he got to do is frame the conflict. He can make he can frame it so that it falls under the war on terror, which they have been doing. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, to to Keith's point, you know, I I can't say that I can't say if Hillary Clinton had been in there, I don't think she'd have been nobody figurehead dog. 
Cause she pulling, he she's still in charge of the of the Democrats right now. People can think that she ain't, but she still holds sway and influence and, and and what have you. So I get what Keith what Keith is saying, and I get what what you're saying as well. forever 
And you never get to see those, those decisions because you think that those decisions are made by individuals that are told this is what you're going to do. Guess what Reagan and Nancy and, and Ronald Reagan had to do? They what, sat down. What they were told to do. But here's the question, and here's kind of what I'm saying, though. All right, sure. So what happened there happened there, right? Sure. Now, Reagan, he sat down, but he could have bucked the system. But even before Reagan sat down, that could have bucked the system. Sure, could have bucked it, yeah, right? sure. If that guy wasn't there, you see what I'm saying? If that guy would have just been a, a mumble mouth and didn't say anything, mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Then... Things no, I think what it was, right, I think what it was is once they said that something was going to be done, that was immediately where that person went to them and said, no, you're not doing that. So once they made a decision to go on the so let's say they made a decision to go left. As soon as the cars, they, they put the blinker on that they were going to go left, uh -huh. oh, no, 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 you're not going left. And so, so that's how uh, uh, that went, and, and that just showed. You know, like they say, presidents come and go. We're here to stay. And when, when they, like you said, they could buck the system, very much so. But then they'll end up like in, in Daly's Plaza. Uh, where, what's that right here? In, yeah. You'll end up like Daly's Plaza. You'll end up like uh, uh, the, the um, oh, shoot, in, in L.A., the Waldorf. No, not the Waldorf. What am I talking about? The old, um, the old hotel. I can't remember the name of it right, right off the, right off the, my head. Uh, that used to be in Los, Los Angeles on Wilshire Boulevard, where uh, Robert Kennedy was killed. Sure. So this is what happened when, when you start to buck the system, you realize that your buck has no bite. Okay, so I got another scenario for you. Not a scenario, but something to think about. Uh, I agree with everything that you're saying. But if you look at what's going on in the politics of today, uh -huh. on a massive fold, mm -hmm. you're seeing things that would have never, ever flown in mm -hmm. the days of Dylan Price, in the days of Reagan, and even in the days of Bush. Yeah, I think it's expedient now, for, for, for my opinion. So, But I know, I, I definitely got you guys, in, and that's why you, you know what I meant by, by that. And, and so, yeah. So we're, we're um, that's just the reason why I call them celebrity figureheads. Next article. This one is important. Excuse me. <clears throat> very, very important. And I got two articles relating to this. From Bloomberg. Remember the first article, the U.S. was going to start directly attacking companies. Keith, and that's when I made the comment they're going to start kidnapping. Oh, kidnapping. Uh -huh. Here it is. Quick tape from, from Bloomberg. Rare Earth. The United, and I, I read this, uh, said something about this yesterday, and I didn't get the article put up in time. Rare Earth, the U.S.-China trade war in your phone. So U.S. celebrity figurehead Donald Trump threatens to cut off the supplies of chips and, and processes to Yahweh uh, technology company. It's, hit, it's hitting China's biggest tech company where it hurts. It's dependent on other na nations for semiconductors and softwares and smartphone networking gear. So when China's president showed up, celebrity figurehead president showed up days later at a rare earth processing plant, many observers saw a message in his visit that the United States has its own tech vulnerabilities too. Basically, why was that? 
See, a lot of the things they do are messages. When he showed up there, what was the, the celebrity figurehead president of China saying? Okay, you want to play hardball? Guess what? We're not going to send you rare earth elements. And this is, this is critical because rare, the United States has a significant amount of rare earth elements, but only in one part of the country on the west, west coast, excuse me, in the west, particularly in Nevada. And the rare earth elements are primarily held in a couple of places, Keith, on the continent, in Africa, the United States. This is why the U.S. has a lot of strategical, one of their strategical strong points is in Africa, and part of that is because of the rare earth elements that Africa can produce. The United States has some. But China has the lion's share of rare earth elements in the world. And guess what, Keith? You can't fight a war without it. There's a couple of materials that you need in order to fight a war and maintain a long-standing war. Now, which, the equipment that you already have, the rare earth elements are already working inside of those. Right, Keith? But if they start to break or they start to get, you know, destroyed, you can't replace them. So your fighting efficiency is what? Nullified. So this is really, really huge. It has, and this is, this is big. The U.S. can't withstand economically China banning rare earth elements. This is why you go to war. This is how trade wars turn into shooting wars. Same thing with with. With uh, World War II when Japan, and it became a matter of a trade war that led to a shooting war. They right. blocked the overall oil that, 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 I, that Japan needs, so Japan has to attack. And so very important that we know that, and these, these wheels are turning in a way that uh, is going to, to lead to war. Next article from Business Insider. The risk of nuclear war now is, highest, is as high as it's been since World War II a U.N. security expert said. The risk of nuclear war between users, oops, the, the risk of nuclear uh, weapons being used is at its highest since World War II, a senior U.N. security expert said yesterday on Tuesday, calling it an urgent issue that the world should take more seriously. Check out that article. Very, very true. Next article from um, RT International. Thanks to my man Carlos. Google to force advertisers to de declare abortion stance as debate rages in the United States. After it was revealed that Google had inadvertently given over $150,000 of free advertisement to pro-life groups engaging in uh, unscrupulous advertising practices, the company is now updating its advertising policy. For June onward, groups that want to advertise using keywords relative to abortion must make clear whether their organization provides abortion, uh, provides abortions or do not provide abortions. So check out that article. Next article from Press TV. U.S. Iranian tensions can turn Middle East into a powder cake. Yep. Next article from Sputnik News. Iranian official says U.S. inflames war against Iran with this move, following a month-long stand-down over Washington pulling out of the Iranian nuclear deal, 
reimposing re sanctions against the Islamic Republic, Washington announced the deployment of a U.S. carrier strike group and B-52's regiments to the region. However, celebrity figurehead President Donald Trump has said that this does not, that he does not want war, does not want to go to war with Iran. Check out that article. Next article from Business Insider, Morgan Stanley. These 15 companies are most likely to get acquired within the next 12 months. You got to hit that article real quickly and a couple of times to see the whole 15 of them. Next article, very important one. And you're going to see that this is going to, to, to come back, and this kind of makes the point of celebrity figurehead and everything else. From Wolf Street, Deutsche Bank's death spiral hits historic low. European banks getting rehammered. Deutsche Bank is going to show its face again in the banking sector that's going to harm global, the global banking uh, sector in a very profound way. But I think the surprise is going to come out of Deutsche Bank with their relationship with celebrity figurehead Donald Trump and what that means. Very, very significant. And I talked about it before, what I think is, is, is going to come out. And I'll tell you real quick. What it is I think is going to come out is that Deutsche Bank had these loans that they gave celebrity figurehead Donald Trump that they ordinarily would not have given anyone with the overall profile, the financial profile that Donald Trump had, but they gave it to him, and then they sold the loans to Russian oligarchs. And that's going to, and it's, it's going to come out, and when it comes out, they're going to say that those oligarchs were using, were blackmailing celebrity figurehead Trump. It's, and I think that is definitely going to, going to, going to come out, and you, you'll see it because they sold that those overall, his loan to the Russians. Why do you think the Russians bought it? The loan. Dave. Yes. Dave. I think that's only yes. part of it. And the reason why I think that's only part of it is I believe that not only did they do that, but I think Putin was involved with him getting some of those loans in the first place. And then on top of that, they were, they were talking about... Uh, all the money laundering that was going on in this country. And if you could look at a lot of the stuff that Trump was doing, you remember he had that multi-multi-million dollar property in, in Florida that was sitting forever. Nobody wanted it. All of a sudden, he came in and bought it next to nothing and turned right around and sold it for an exorbitant amount of money that was way beyond his worth. Oh, you know, so I agree with what you're saying, but I, I think that it goes much deeper than that. I think I think Trump is involved with Putin and the Russians up to his elbows. And that was only one aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, it, and, and it is. And, and, and I knew it was going to come around to this, but I, didn't, I wanted to wait. But let me, give you, let me tell you why I'm saying this. Anyone know, that knows the history of Deutsche Bank and how Deutsche Bank, one of the largest banks, in Germany, one of the largest and most influential banks in the, in the world. Anyone that knows about Deutsche Bank and how Deutsche Bank ran its, its banking operations and its investment banking operations over the past 20 years would know exactly what, what I'm talking about and what it means. And I'll give it to you, but for those that may not know, 
Deutsche Bank had a, the greater risk you took, the more that they would pay their investment bankers. So they threw out the overall, does it make sense and, and should we do this, is this prudent, for the greater the risk, the more Deutsche Bank wanted to be in it. They were extremely high-risk gamblers. And that that gambling risk that gambling risk played itself out in such a huge profound way. And it actually pushed people into, how could I say? It pushed people into overextending themselves and actually engaging in and being easily manipulated by way of blackmail. Deutsche Bank was notorious. Deutsche Bank was the bank that you wanted to go to as an investment banker to make as much cash as you could make because they didn't care what the risks were. The greater the risk, the more that they wanted the overall deal to get done. And because of that, that's how they got. And it was, it's, it's, and I knew this from a while ago when he was, Deutsche Bank was all in with celebrity figurehead Donald Trump. So it's going to play out. And it's, watch, how it's, it's, watch how it plays out. So we'll see. So check out that. Next article. This is, uh, oops, what time is it? Okay, cool, we're good. Almost two-thirds uh, from RT International, almost two-thirds of American opposition, um, excuse me, almost two-thirds of American opposed preemptive U.S. strikes on Iran, a fresh poll finds. A sizable majority of U.S. citizens oppose the idea of preemptively striking on Iran and massively disapprove of Trump's policy towards the Islamic Republic, a survey has revealed as tensions continue to flare in the Gulf. Of course. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but what does that mean? I mean, I tell you what that means to me. Look at our climate now. What does the government compa- uh, 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 care about the will of the people? Right, and, and so it's a gauge. To me, I think it's a gauge. And you know what I think that that gauge is, Keith? Okay, how big of a false flag do we need to, to turn that on? Oh man, that that's that's a good one right there, Dave. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So they do these surveys, so they get to see. Okay, this is what they're saying. How do we get all? How do we get them all in on this? Okay, so from this survey tells us that we need to have a substantial false flag that will turn that overall general public opinion around because we're going to need them to willfully participate and keep in God, country, and family. And when you look at that, that's their trinity. That's their their, their, their trinity. Mm. And so because they, they teach that all the time here. So that's when they do these surveys that that tells me that, uh-oh, they're really, really ramping up, ramp, ramping up the change of momentum. 
Keith, I would ask you, how big of a false flag would it need to be to, to anger the general population here in America? And remember, when they, everyone knew here in the States, even by buying the overall, uh, uh, knowing what the overall talking points from 9-11 was, everyone knew Saddam had nothing to do with that, from just from what they, the, the initial, and they knew that, they, hey, this is a sham. Who is everyone? The general, well, I won't say everyone, the general population here in the state. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I would say the majority. I, I would say the majority. Yeah. And even back then, a majority of the polls was showing that the people didn't want war with Iraq. Yep, yep. And they were saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. They had nothing to do with this, but they realized, okay. But see, the appetite for war was, was, was palatable, more palatable then because the U.S. hadn't been in any kind of engagement their long-standing engagement. Remember, right, Desert right, Shield right. and Desert Storm and Vietnam had years to 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 heal over or to scar over. Right. So, and and what happens in during those periods of scarring over, the what what the propaganda is is to, be, to develop a war-hungry nation. And you do that through through books. You do that through. Um, music, you do that through movies and all of this stuff, so you develop that type, and then you start these things. This is really, to me, a gauge of, of that one. So hey, hey Dave, um, <laughs> since you mentioned false flags, you know you know who NORAD is, right? Or what, yes. not who, but what NORAD is. What NORAD, yes. Alright, that's supposed to be the North American uh, for the continental U.S. and Canada air defense system, right? So they were talking on Twitter yesterday. NORAD has a Twitter account, an official Twitter account. And so all the news was coming yeah. out that they had intercepted uh, Russian bombers in uh, fighter jets that was flying about 200 miles off the coast of Alaska, which is in international airspace. So anyway, the no, I saw on Twitter where NORAD was saying, hey, we just intercepted these, you know, Russian fighters and, and, and nuclear bombers or whatnot. And I retwe- and I replied to their tweet. I said, well, y'all must have been taking the day off on 9-11-2001. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was a good one. I was not expecting that one. Right, Scotty. Well, y'all must have took the day off on that day. And, you know, their overall excuse would be, well, th- those were supposed to be U.S. Uh, flights, that, that commercial flights were here. But remember the drill that they were having that day. What was, what was the drill that some commercial airlines would be flying into New York City? I don't believe in a coincidence that big. Yeah, right. What was that, Scotty? I do not believe in a coincidence that big. You're training for the very right. thing that's happening that very day. That that very day. But hold on. But that was only one of the coincidences that Scotty uh, not believing in. Because there was all kinds of things that was like, what, really? Sure. You sure. know, yeah. there, was, there was supposedly that, that training mission. And then there was supposedly other things that was done. There was all kinds of stuff that was like, this stuff ain't, it ain't adding up. Yes, it, well, well, it didn't. And I'm going to tell you, remember that another good one that, that is so blatant 
in Haiti. In Haiti. All of a sudden, the, the U.S. Navy was tasked with providing mutual aid for a country, and they said for a third world status country that just had a, merge, a, a major earthquake. And they, so they sent them where, Keith? We're going to just say that this drill is for Haiti. And guess what happened? The day that they're, the day that they are actually practicing for that overall earthquake to happen, guess what happened? It was the great Haitian earthquake. And guess why the U.S. military went in immediately after the overall earthquake? So, come on, man. Come on. So, we could, we could do a whole show. Yeah, we could do a whole, a whole, a whole lot. A whole lot. So check out that. Next article. This one is from Forbes. And I think, Keith, that uh, you'll like this one. I think this is, is this one. No, it's the next one uh, that we're, we're going to, but it's still good. Uh, this is from Forbes. Yes, gold is being manipulated, but to what extent? And, and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, yes, it, it's not really gold that matters in the manipulation, but it is. It's silver. It's, the one, it's silver, the most important one. And uh, one day I'm going to give a full, full uh, of the significance of that, a full accounting of the significance uh, of that. And, and then once you know, you'll realize that silver is more valuable than gold. Silver is ten times more valuable than gold. But you know what people will say, Keith? No, it's not. Well, it can't be. It I can't be. Gold. It's going to cost me this much, and I can get silver all day for that. See, that's because we don't know the value of things, because we become price-sensitive. We think that price dictates value, and it doesn't. And that's what the system wants you to think. And so, but, yeah, silver is ten times more valuable. The market actually tells you that. You just don't know how to, you just, we just don't know how to read it. And once you read it, guess what? You're like this. For those that know, you do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's 10 times more valuable. And also, Dave, though, and I was talking about this yesterday with some folks on Twitter in regards to the um, shoe companies like Nike, Adidas. It was a couple of other ones and even Foot Locker, even though they just sell shoes, they don't make shoes. But anyway, um, they were talking. they were talking about their business, they might go out of business or it would severely harm their business, these China tariffs on, on shoes and, and what have you. And so, I, you know, I know what it costs to make a pair of Jordans. Why? Because I used to work in a textile uh, sourcing department. Sourcing is where you find uh, factories that can produce the goods that you want to produce. You send them the prototype right. and they mass produce it and what have you. So I was able to develop contacts around the world in Hong Kong and China. Um, and, uh, yeah, those were the two contacts I had. And so then me and the Chinese dude kind of became friendly. Of course, we weren't friends, never met each other or anything. We only talked to each other, but we were friendly. And so then I, w I just came out the blue and asked him, hey, man, how much do it cost to make a pair of Jordans over there and, and what have you? And so then he sent me an email um, to a website to where I can get some Jordans for $12 a pair. 
depending on if I'd have bought tw 24 pairs, I could get Jordans at $12 a pair. So tell me, why do it cost $200? A pair of Jordans cost $200 here. It's not because the shoe is any better than any other shoe. I mean, it may be more comfortable or whatever, you know. Uh, um, but still, though, how do you, if they could sell it to me for $12 a pair, if I order $24 a pair, how much you think they paying? Uh, it's costing them to make it. You know what I'm saying? But we assign value to yep. these things. And I, and I had mentioned that to people on, on Twitter when I shared that tweet that, you know, I, I just shake my head at the people standing in line to pay all that currency for a pair of Jordans when I know what they really cost. You know, so where does it right. get its value? Its value is artificial value. A marketing campaign yep. is what gave it its value. Right. A, cons a marketing campaign to create more consumer price, a higher price point for the consumer to, to, to pay. Yep, so, so true. And, you know, and this is, this is why it's, it's, it's not always what we think. What we know is so important. And this is a clear case in point because you may think that Jordans are cost this or cost that, but Scotty knows. And it's a big, that's why knowing I, you, you should place more emphasis on what you know other than what you think. So very, very important. Thank you. So, Scotty, it, I don't know if you remember, but uh, back in the day when the military used to be uh, 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 deployed to the Middle East and all those kind of things, if you can remember, and especially when the dollar was stronger, we used to go over there and we'd get shoes made on our feet. You know, custom made on our feet for three or four dollars. You can do that. You, know, you can yeah. do that in in South Korea as well. Because I went on an exercise in South Korea. Um, there will be a yearly exercise, and you can buy anything, yeah. anything you want. And the dude in China, he was like, anything you want. It just let me know anything you. Anything from handbags to shoes to clothes to perfume to electronics, all of that stuff. Yep, yep. The markup is greater. The markup is so much greater. And so you think about it. Now, Chief Scotty, think about that. If it costs them $12 to make, let's just use Scotty's example. If it costs them $12 to make that overall item, that $12, um, um, would it cost them to make it, that's just what's included in that. The labor. Well, yeah. The labor is included and in that. That's what I mean. We get all that stuff. They make it right there mm -hmm. on your body. Mm -hmm. You know, boom, and you're paying $10 out the door. So now, right, so cheap, right, right, Keith? Right? Here's the significance of that. Go to, let your car break down and go to a mechanic here in the States to get your car, even if you go to a dealership or whatever. Let's just use the dealership as an example. And when you go to the dealership, here's how this crystallizes. You go to the dealership, they're going to say you the parts cost this much, and you're going to look at that and say, oh, okay, that's cheap. And then guess what they're going to hit you with? The labor. The labor cost. The labor. Yeah. The labor cost. And when that labor cost gets in that bill, that's when you take a seat. And you're like, oh, man, I don't think I could get this car, afford to get this car fixed. 
because the labor cost is going to be so great. So now let's transfer that to it costs $12 to make a pair of Jordans. It costs less than $12, but that's what I would have paid if I bought a yeah. case of 24 yeah. Right. Just wanted to use the $12 as an example. Mm-hmm. And that $12 is actually the, the cost of labor is built into that price. Right. So what are they paying? What are they paying the people that are paying, making these Jordans? Practically nothing at all. Right. Right. So now why is it so significant? This is what, and this is what I meant by it's so significant because all of that work, all of that, Slave labor and that, that that those those slave factories and those sweat factories and everything else, they're going to be exporting their overall business models and their and their actual um, producing. Guess where they're going, Keith? Here. They're going to come to the United States. And guess what? The overall everybody will have a job, but they won't be getting paid nothing. It won't be the sweatshop. It won't be a sweatshop. Chief, it will be a sauna. It will be the sauna shops because you're gonna, they're going to exacerbate everything out of you, and that's not going to pay a dime. They, they may, they may be bringing all these jobs, but they're not going to be paying anything. But what, what, what jobs what, though? What, what jobs? <laughs> that's what I want to say. What jobs? What, Service jobs or something like that? Because see, the point what, of my tweet. Yesterday, when when the shoe company sent that letter to Trump complaining about the tariffs and seeing how it's going going to kill their business or or really cut into their they didn't say it, but that's what they really meant, cut into their profits and what have you. But I was thinking, I said I have mixed feelings about this because look, you your business model is why we don't have manufacturing jobs here in the United States. They don't make no right. they don't right. Nike don't have no no factories here in in the US and, and what have you. No. So, you know, no. you're exploiting that. You were taking advantage of another population because the labor cost was so low and let's let's be honest, China cost of living isn't the same as it is here in the United States. We overpay for everything, or I should say we're overcharged for everything. Their cost of living isn't as high. Their health care for them isn't as high. And what have you, their schooling isn't as high when you're talking about higher education and what have you. So, you know, the reason that that people over here are fighting for $15 an hour, which which some people say that still ain't even a living wage and what have you, is cause of the cost of living, which I feel like is artificially inflated. These things don't cost as much to provide and what have you. It's greed and it's corruption. But I I don't feel sorry for those shoe companies because you didn't care about, you don't care about workers. You didn't care about moving your business to China and putting people here out of work. And you certainly don't care about the workers there in China. No. And and, and my point is going is this. Foxcom who is notorious for, you know, making iPhones and other things in China and having those uh, sweatshops and where, and they actually had to, people were committing suicide. They actually have large establishments that they're building in Wisconsin and in other places. So they're going to be, after the U.S. goes into the untied states and everything else, there's going to be a mad rush into the U.S. with overall manufacturing. 
And this is where Detroit will be reestablished, but it's not going to be the way that we think. It's going to be over the sweatshop um, model, because think about it. Why would Foxconn leave China? They can't leave China and come to the United States unless their overall price points and their, and their margins of profitability will increase. So but we'll get into that a little bit later. Very, well, very important. And also, you don't have to look all the way to the future. You'll find a lot of places, like you said, Detroit's one, New Jersey's another one, that those communities are already there. Yes, and Foxconn and other companies like Foxconn is coming, uh, coming here. So, and that ain't a good thing. So next article, this one is um, from Daniel Hill Publishing. Big one, Keith, and, I, and I, I was thinking about you for this one. Big gains in gold stay out of the U.S., best countries to invest in gold. We're going to have a show just on that, very important. Big, ga big yeah. gains in gold stay out of the U.S., best countries to invest in gold. The, and, and my overall take is that the U.S. is going to be so unstable that, um, you know, if, once the war starts, Keith, all of the strategically important assets are going to be nationalized. Yes. The second largest steel company in Britain is, is just filed for bankruptcy. So the steel industry is going to be nationalized. It's going to be nationalized overseas and here. The gold mines and everything else, they're going to be nationalized. The silver mines are, are definitely going to be nationalized. And this is why Obama, in my opinion, signed the, the executive order to make so much, so 3 million, 3 million uh, acres of, of land on the West Coast as a national uh, preservation so you can't dig there. Why? Because they're going to need to dig there. Uh, and, and it was in Nevada and California, rare earth elements, silver, and all of this other stuff. These are the reasons why they, these are the things that happen behind closed doors that's not as publicized because and our interest into that stuff really isn't because, you know, you got to be a nerd to be into that. That's, that's why. Hey, hey, on that article um, about, from what I was getting from that article, they were saying that the price of gold is going up in these other countries, but it's not in the yeah. U.S. And it's suggesting yeah. that the price is being kept low in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. The reason yeah, why, definitely. I don't know. Why they would do that, I don't know. I thought it was one market. No, yeah, it, it is, but it's, it's how it's regulated and, and how it's fixed. The the reason why it's going up in other countries, you, Keith, is because of this. And, and, Scotty, the reason why is that in other countries, everybody is running to it because they know that we're about to go through a war paradigm, and guess what? Cash don't work. The reason why it's not here is because the U.S. economy is based primarily off of a debt instrument. They don't want people to run into real money because that does what? It protects them from debt default. So when you are going to go into default of debt, you want your citizenry to bear that brunt because they'll have to be the buyers of last resort. So you don't want them moving into real money. You want them to be dependent upon what? The dollar. The rest of the world realize that there's a risk to the dollar, so they're running away from that risk because gold and silver is a form of insurance and assurances. Okay, it gives you insurance and it assures you something. It assures you that you'll be protected and it gives you insurance in times of, of, of instability. 
So the U.S. doesn't want their people to have insurance and be assured that their labor, the fruits to their labor, aren't being squandered. So that's, that's what's, what's up, why it's going up around the world uh, and it's not going up here. But it won't be able to hold that pace once things go into a complete uh, tumultuous, because the, the, the demand for it, and here's what's so important about that. There's only a finite amount of it that will be released, and guess where most of that will be? Outside of the United States. The U.S. has, the United States has gold. The U.S. citizens don't. And just because the U.S. corporation has gold, that's not going to mean any benefit to the everyday person here. It's actually going to be the opposite. So we'll cover that again as well because it's very important. Keith, anything you want to? No, I'll say Okay. Next article from South China Morning Post. Will China use the nuclear option of banning rare earth exports to the U.S.? This was another member I was telling you that too. This is very important. Yes, they will. And that's going to be critical for, for batteries and war and everything else. Next article. Well, you know, in, in listening to all of that kind of stuff, it kind of reminds me of Kevin Hart. And uh, his saying says, you're going to learn. <laughs> when is the United States going to learn? <laughs> they got, they're, 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 these aren't just words. These are actually at a point now where they're face musting us. Yeah. You know, they're bopping yeah. us in our forehead saying, do something, do something. You know, they just announced that that last TV assembly thing, they had to shut that down because they can't get the parts now. You know, they've been talking for the longest time about the farmers that are claiming bankruptcy and stuff because they can't sell their products and stuff. You know, you got these things when, what uh, Scotty was talking about where they're taking away the jobs and they're replacing them with uh, all these swept-type life labor jobs. This stuff is going on. Yeah. But yet you still have that man talking about, well, we're going to increase your your um, trade rates another 25%. Yeah. And Kevin Hart's back there in the corner guard. You're going to learn. <laughs> I like that one, Keith. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's real. So check out that article. Next article from Press TV. Russia, France, France and Germany says that the Iranian nuclear deal must be saved. They have it as the JCPOA, must be saved. Check out that. And notice how they're all standing together. So if they're saying that it must be saved, guess what they're really saying? We have to save it, and how do you save it? We have to nullify the U.S., because they're, they're the ones that broke it. So this is the global purge. Y'all, next article, very important one. America's uh, from our Strategic Culture Foundation, American Insatiable Military. The United States government authorized itself to be the dictators of the world. And this couldn't happen if it didn't have allies who accepted this type of uh, humanitarian treatment. An, ins an insatiable U.S. military is essentially in order for such a regime to be able to have any success at all. So true. And this is why I named today's show after this article. That was here. Next article from uh, U.S. Watchdog. If Deutsche Bank breaks $6.40, world in trouble. Yes. Next article, last article from the BCC. Being black in Nazi Germany. We're going to take a look at this. Um, this is a good, good article. I, I would suggest uh, we check that out, and we'll do that later on. 
Next article, this one is uh, from Reuters. Potential for attacks on Americans in the Middle East put on hold. Acting U.S. Defense Secretary uh, Shanahan said on Tuesday that while, celebrity figurehead, that while the threats from Iran, the the regime remains high, the potential for attacks on Americans uh, has been put on hold. What a lie. What does that even mean? Okay, and and, and I got to get into this. This doesn't make any kind of sense. One. So they basically are saying that because the U.S. military responded, the U.S. responded so forcefully and so quickly to threats that Iran had in attacking the U.S. military that that spoiled their plans. Key, wait a minute. It don't make sense. Here's why it don't make sense. If Iran attacked the U.S. military, what would the response of the U.S. military have been anyhow? They would have attacked Iran. Right. So if you're trying to say that it was your overall force that caused them not to, to to go through with the plan, well, guess what? If they would have went through the plan, there would have been a forceful interdiction anyhow. So guess what? It don't make sense. You're double talking. See, if, if, if they were smart, they would have had a false flag operation that said that they spoiled and stopped Iran from attacking because do you really think that Iran would say we're going to hit the U.S. military and they're not going to do anything about it? So all of a sudden, since you sent all of this over there, if you would attack the U- Iran, they would have sent even more over there. So do you really think if they were planning to do anything of, of such the nature, this is why so many people say, you know what, this intelligence is, is hogwash. Oh, you're at it again, huh? And they lie and they tell on themselves. It makes no sense. So wait a minute. You're telling me that Iran was planning on attacking the U.S. military and that your U.S. military's presence was the one that deterred them from doing it. But if they would attack the U.S. military, there would have been an overwhelming use of U.S. military in response to that. So they would have got attacked either way, but because you found out about it, you spoiled it. Come on, man. You're going to learn. <laughs> so, all right, everyone, I've got to get ready to go to a commercial break, and I'm surprised that Keith didn't have something to say because I usually jump. Are you learning to watch the clock, Keith? Uh, I'm getting there slowly. Man, that's a big thing. All right, we're getting ready to go to a commercial break. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call. 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Gotta give me two minutes. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, only really just want this.
would be the one that would end it, but we still harass, still mass incarceration. So much for the Emancipation Proclamation. Oh, but be careful, black men, I know you eager to climb. Slavery is legal if you're convicted of a crime. And when that crime that you committed probably don't fit the time, have you building ships for NASA and they pay you a dime? A conspiracy, they try to censor you when you speak. They can't hide behind the sheets, so not they do you like me. Meanwhile, you taking chances out here trying to survive. Yeah, not a lot has changed since 1865, but still they try to teach you that everybody's equal until you up for the same job as white people. Just know until we walk into the gates of the kingdom, we gon' stand here united, ready to fight for our freedom. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasts and live program scheduling. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Tango Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number, and we're going to jump into today's show. Would love to hear from you if you'd like to get uh, in uh, in on it. Oops, excuse me. If you'd like to to be a part of the show, okay. So here we go. And uh, today's show is what happens to them becomes our future part two. And yesterday, Keith, we were talking about, uh, and I put up this right here that I have that I've read and I read from time to time, but with a, a different purpose. Um, and my overall, I, I understand and I think it's very important that we understand who we are. And part of who we are is that it's very important that we have to keep, we have to we have to really dig ourselves Out of a grave. Who is we? The general, people in in general, the the human species, because we've been buried as dead, and we have to dig ourselves out of our graves so that we can reunite with our true selves. And what I mean by we've been, we have to become grave diggers to dig to get to where. We've been buried so that we can reignite, resuscitate who we truly are as people and as individuals because there is so much, our grave sites are everywhere and the grave sites aren't just filled in with soil. It's actually been built upon with concrete, with steel, with roads, with cities, with administrations, with policies, with procedures. And because of that, we haven't really been living. We've been among the walking dead. And I think that we definitely have to dig ourselves out and resuscitate who we truly are. 
Okay, so now you're talking about humankind. Yes, people. Okay, now, so if you take note, a lot of that is being done if you go to outside of the United States. You got major, major things going on with the massive planting of trees, which shows to do all kinds of wonderful things. You got cities now that are completely turning their mass, mass transients into alternative fuels. You got uh, you got all these companies coming out. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that the United States just pulled out of was uh, all these companies that binded together to clean up the plastics in the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you do have a lot of that movement going on. Mm-hmm. You don't see it again. As a matter of fact. The United States is taking a stance which is actually going back the other way. They are actually removing regulations that uh, limited the amount of CO2s in the air and all of those kind of things. Yeah. So. Yeah, Keith, we've been entombed in civilization. We've been buried in civilization. The casket's been closed. It's been submerged in the ground and entombed in civilization. And we remain dead among the walking dead until we realize who we truly are as people, as living species, not defined by what man gives us by way of the Bill of Rights, not defined by the policies and procedures, that are enacted and written into law. There is no law that's ever been written that really isn't coursed in your overall segregate, uh, seg- I mean, shooting, been coursed in your subjugation. Subservience. Subjugation. Thank you, Scotty. And, and I, I usually know your subjugation. Thank you, Scotty. See, see Keith? Scotty, help me out. I, w- I wish you know you 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 would help me out from time to time. Scotty knew exactly what, where I was going. The subjugation, because the pen is mightier than the sword. And while the pen may kill one, or two, I mean, while the sword may kill one or two or a hundred, the overall genocide method, the, the preferred method of genocide for generations, is through laws, written laws. This is why when a law is written on the books, it can never be erased, sponged. It's always there because guess what? That overall climate may come back around so that they can use that. Think about it, Keith, and I'm a, I want everyone to think about it. I'm going to give something very, very simple so we can kind of see what it is in the overall. I'm going to give something that's on the, on the micro so that we can look at it from a macro standpoint. You've seen, Keith, that they got these cameras for traffic control in different places, right? Yeah. So you run the, you, you run the, the light or whatever, and it, and it gives you a, you know, it takes a picture, then they send you a ticket, right? Yeah. Completely in every, pretty much every state in the U.S. and the corporation of the United States, that what they're doing is illegal. You know it and I know it, right? Because only a so-called peace officer can write you and move in violation. A camera can't write you a moving violation. 
or submit a moving violation. But if you admit to that moving violation and this con that they do, and then when you pay it, now you're admitting that you were guilty in this thing because it can't stand if you challenge it. But if you go to challenge it, they're going to make sure they say, nope, here it is, here's the picture. But if you don't stand on, no, this can't do this because of this or that, and here's how it works. You, let's say you run the uh, yellow light or you run the red light. If you were to be stopped by a peace officer, this is what is supposed to happen. Doesn't happen, but it's supposed to happen. The peace officer is supposed to ask you, tell you why they stopped you. Then the peace officer is supposed to ask you, is there any legal reason why you broke that law? Meaning what, Keith? There are legal reasons that you can what? Break that law. See, this is what's so important so profound about this situation is that those laws, all of them are written, there's immunity that's built into them and it's only used for those that what? Know why that law is written. Well, you had a couple of things there. But wait, hold on, T. Okay. So that shows that there are legal reasons for you to break what? Their laws. Right? Some of the legal reasons, if there was a medical emergency, you can run the red light. Well, let's, let's, well, okay, hold it. You're kind of, you're kind of mixing things. Let's, let's make I ain't mixing nothing. What you talking about? Let's make clarification. I'm just playing. Um, you can't make a decision to break the law. However, the officer had what they call officer's discretion right. to say, okay, I see a justification of what you're doing. I'm going to let you make it on this one. You have, to know the, you, you, you have to know their law so that you can legally break them, and that's in with anything that they in, – in everything that's, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. So going back in, – in, in, so that's what I was talking – going back to what I was saying, you have to know, Keith, what it is so that you can legally break it. Why is that? Because their laws aren't true. Hey, hey, here's another example. Now, Charlotte, North Carolina used to have them them traffic cams and what have you. But the way the law was written, a certain percentage of the fines was supposed to go to the education fund for public schools here. But what they found out, though, was most of the revenue generated was going to the private company that they hired to put up the cams and operate the cams and was going to that company and not to the education fund. And therefore, that was breaking the intent of the law. So they did away with them. Yep. And here, Keith, and you know this. See, you're not supposed to write laws to generate revenue. Right. And that's what those that's what that was put into place for, and that's what was being shown. That was one way that people were were able to 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 get around that because because as you know, a camera isn't a human being. Okay, yeah, and, and you're talking a lot. Of so they things. can't write that. So, but they never said that they put those up to generate. They said that they're it doing was, it for safety purposes. And you believe them? Well, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm so just saying. But, but even because it's all in the vein of what you're saying. Right. So even right. when they started this, it was a lot. You got a ticket. Remember, because of what you said, uh, certain certain things have to be done within 
the view of the officer, et cetera, et cetera. So when they started these things out, remember, because a, a ticket is a criminal offense. Mm -hmm. A traffic violation is a criminal offense. A moving but, violation. Yeah, but you remember when these came out, they were not. Yeah, right. They were civil offenses. Right. So now that they can put on your credit and stuff like that, but if you look at what they started doing now, okay, they're supposedly still offenses. But now they'll say, when you go renew your license and all of this kind of it has stuff, criminal. they say, well, you, you got to go pay this. I don't have to pay this. That's criminal. Right. This ain't got nothing to do, right. you know, right. but they mix all that stuff up in there. But, right. So, and, and, and it goes right along with what we're saying is that this is why we've been so scullied and buried in, in, in actually the massive graves but, have hey. been bulldozers, bulldozers, bulldozers over in so many layers of ubiquitous fraud. Yeah, go ahead, Scotty. Now, we talked about um, assets, uh, forfeiture, and seizure. Um, that the police yeah. do. So the police do write tickets yeah. to generate revenue. Human beings do do that and what have you. Well, it it, it right. wasn't just the cameras right. and what have you. But that came back up because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden is, is responsible for the federal uh, asset forfeiture uh, laws. And we've done shows or I've done shows or podcasts showing, you know, for example, there was a woman who was the secretary of a church on Monday. She was taking the collections from Sunday to the bank and she had the cash in a paper bag. She got pulled over um, for um, alleged traffic violation. They saw she had all this cash in this bag and what have you, what probable cause they had to search and, and find out she had, you know, had the cash. I do not know, but they took the cash, took the cash, even though she's saying, you know, this is from our church. I'm going to the bank to deposit that. But they took the cash. I mean, that's legal highway robbery, man. Um, and, and, and again, I don't, man, I, I, I don't put a lot of faith in polls and what have you, because I've never been polled, have you? You know, how many people on, on, on this, right, right, right. how many people listening, have you ever been called to get your opinion on this, that, or or the other? So I don't put a lot of stock in polls, but when they tell me Joe Biden is blowing the field away and stuff, I'm like, well, y'all must not know who Joe Biden is, man. That dude is responsible so, for so much crimes against the people and I call them crimes against the people regardless I don't care about you putting pen in the paper and saying this is a law you know I didn't vote on that law I didn't agree to that right 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 Scotty so so true Keith and so now here's what we have here's what we have and, and Scotty talked about Joe Biden oh my goodness we could go He's got that yeah. same asset officer in the Ukraine and everything else. And other. We won't even talk about the civil rights and, and, and the, the jail system and justification and all that. That's a whole different story. Yeah. And so now we have, and we were talking yesterday, that from the laws that are written, all of the institutions have been established to subjugate the general population and divide them from this book that I have in my hand, the, the Black Laws Dictionary, the fourth edition, to all of the other books that were written, those were actually enacted by men to subjugate and control people. 
It has nothing to do. See, man tries to give you, give you rights. The great creator gives you liberty. And there's a big difference. Man tells you what you can and can't do, right, for their benefit. The great creator has the spirit of the law that's in the best ecosystem as well. You don't put poison in water because it adversely affects everyone. You don't put poison in water for, for a man unless you get a, unless you get a what, Keith? Unless you get permission from them to, for you to do that so that they can benefit off of what you're doing. They regulate a fix. That's what regulation means, to establish fixed control. And that fixed control is established for one reason and one reason only, to adversely harm the general population, the global community at large, and to benefit the few. Now, and but wait, Keith, but we have, we give this overall system authority and existence by our participation in it. But go ahead, Keith. Okay, I got one caveat to that, though. And generally speaking, you're right. But we also have to understand, we talked about this, too. Everything's not set up to be to make people uh, subjective and stuff like that. Uh, there's laws written, but unfortunately, it goes back to the old adage. I say everything is, Keith. I well, I, I, I think every everything because it upholds that whole system. But go ahead, I'm it, not going to interrupt. You again. Okay, so let's say like you do have some good people out there. Everything that everybody does isn't isn't subversive in creation. There, there's it goes back to the old adage: the road to hell is paved by what? And a lot of times, these people have good intentions, but something will come and corrupt it, right? For instance, the thing that you told that guy was talking about the uh, the the the, um, the forfeiture of whatever it is, and a lot of times it's money, right? The reason why that was brought about was because it was supposed to help stop some of the stuff with the drug <coughs> stuff that was going on. You know, the drug stuff that was going on, the drug, the money, okay, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So originally, that was the purpose of it. But now what it's done is, and, and like what Sky was saying, you go to small towns, man, they got plans to completely finance their whole, their whole budget by seizures. You know, and don't, don't be a foreigner going through their town with money, you know, because they're snatching that, oh, you got any money? Well, we're taking that from you. Well, hold it. I can make the phone calls. This belongs to so-and-so. This is for my church. I've got documentation. Well, we don't believe you. Now, what you can do is you can go back and you can fight the system. But the problem is this is, uh, this is uh, this, our town's 42 people big. So the judge is my uncle. The police officer that took is my cousin. You know, the lawyer that's going to represent you, the prosecutor, is my aunt. You know what I'm saying? So you can fight it. But by the time you fight it, guess what? You done spent more money then you lost in the first place, you know. So, so they're not always in the original bad. 
you know, some, sometimes there's good intentions and stuff. But man will always come through and corrupt it. Just no different than what you were talking about, the ecosystem. You know, I, I, I heard something the other day, and it said, you know what, here's the amazing thing. If you take man, who is supposedly the one in charge to take care of everything, right? He gave you supposedly dominance over all these things to be a good steward, mm -hmm. right? So here man is to be the steward to take care of all of this stuff and make sure that it's, it's right, right? Yes. But they said that if you remove man from this earth, the ecosystem would go back in a couple of hundred years to their original principles. So what's the truth? Was. So what's the truth? We are a poison. Well, no, the truth is, is that civilization is a lie. It's a facade. It's not sustainable. It can only be maintained and manufactured through continuous, unnatural support, meaning this ecosystem thrives naturally. All right, so explain naturally. what you mean by civilization. So... Let's say you build a city. Okay. If you do not maintain that city and that civil civilization, guess what will happen to everything that you built? Oh, yeah. Everything you built will be overtaken and overrun by the overgrowth and the sustainable truth that is, and that's the ecosystem. Yeah. See, the lie always has – every lie has to be upheld, and it has to be maintained. Yeah. It has to be supported. Right. Without it, the truth takes over. This is why the truth don't need us. We need the truth. Yeah. And so we are a part of, and we've been buried to be the walking dead in who we truly are. The system has actually put all of this emphasis and influence into us burying who we are. Never ever to revisit that grave site with flowers, with visitations, and damn sure not with a shovel. Because once we do those things, we start to pay attention to who we truly are. Who we truly are is not what we become. Who we truly are is that we're a part of this overall ecosystem of truth, but we've been actually maintaining the greatest lie ever And the truth who vote. we truly are or who we're supposed to be. Or who we're capable of being. Okay. And, I, and yesterday we talked about, and I'm going to tell you, Chief, one of the things that is, there are three things that are hindering us from picking up the shovel. and resuscitating ourselves. And that is, what were the three yesterdays? Greed. Greed. Ignorance. And stupidity. And if we can manage the under, to, to, to really commit to not being greedy, not being stupid, and actually minimize our ignorance, 
we will resuscitate in a much more broad way the momentum for us to be who we possibly could be. And until then, we're going to continue. Here's what I mean by greed. And we all would say, and would, but I want you just to listen for a minute. And we're going to go to a commercial break after that, and I think we got a caller in queue uh, that wanted to chime, on, chime in. But greed, I want to focus on greed. Yesterday we took a little bit about stupidity, and stupidity had nothing. I wasn't talking about stupidity from people uh, um, from an intellectual standpoint, but it's really, it is a form of intellectual stupidity. But doing something that you know is wrong and you think that you're you really going to get away with it. How in the world do you really think that you could subjugate people for so, so long? You're stupid to think that you're going to get away with it just because the moment hasn't come and arrived. Eternity is a long time and it is patient. And it is forever. So now the greed I want you all to think about this. How in the world, Keith, can you own something that you're not entitled to? But because mankind has written in rights, guess what they'll give you? They'll give you title to a land. And then by getting title to a land, you can say that this is my land. You can buy this land. How can you buy something that you didn't create? How can you buy something that that wasn't yours? How can you buy something that was given to you by the great creator? Let me ask you something, Keith. When you bought some land, Keith, what token did you pay the great creator that created that for that overall entitlement and that title to be given to you? But man tells you this. If you pay this bill to me under our rules, under our system, this land is now yours. And did you know what we think right away? That it is. And do you know what we do with that right away? We think that we could defend it and kill anybody that comes along with it. And I'm going to tell you something. We're going against what the great creator established. We are actually not being self-sustaining. We're not, we're not, we're not really Uh, being a part of the ecosystem, we become the enemies of the truth of the ecosystem, and it's unsustainable. This is why we have the death and destruction, and this is why we're so buried. I'm going to open up a can of beans. We're going to have to go to a commercial break, and when we come back after that commercial break, go ahead, Keith. We'll we'll go. We do. All right, hurry up. We're going to commercial break or what? Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, everyone, you're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network, and please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying anyone that owns land under this system. The thing is that because of our ignorance, because of our ignorance, and she said, I thought you'd go in a commercial break. I am. We don't know what we do. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. Scotty, give me two minutes in a commercial break. We'll be right back. One minute, one minute. Oh. 
Radio, your choice for digital black radio, new black media for the new millennium. Welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. Keith, you said you want to spill the beans. No, I said I wanted to open up a can. Oh, open up a can of... All right, but in order to open up a can, I need to you to... To clarify, because you kept saying you went back to man and you went back to the system. What man and system are you referring to? The, the man system that I'm referring to is the title control, is the establishment of the civilizations and how civil, civilization has been defined, enacted, and adjudicated in our lives. Okay. That's absent of the truth. Okay. So, and this is the can of beans that I want to open up concerning exactly what you just said, right? Because we have to understand that prior to this present system that we're under, what you're saying is true, but that's in defiance to how it was prior to that. If you look at the Indians and if you look at all these people all over the world, the Indians flat out told them, says, you can't own that land. It doesn't belong to any of us. It exists. It exists. It's a living being. And the, when you own a living they, being, you're a subjugator and well, a slaver. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. But my point is, mm-hmm. their philosophy, the indigenous people of the land throughout the world, for the most part, before colonization and the people's civilization... That, not civilization. Those people were civilized. We, we just got two different uh, definitions. Of, so I'm not going to interrupt. Go ahead, Keith. We got two different definitions. But of, the indigenous people of the lands at that time, right? they lived in agreement with what you in said. Re- right, Keith, in relationship. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, yeah, but guys, yeah. here's the thing, though. When you when you use the um, Native Americans, for example, they were fighting each other over resources, over hunting grounds sure. and what have you. They didn't come together and figure out a way where we can all share in what the land is given. Um, so I, I I think I tend to think that war 
is part of human nature. Conflict is just a part of human nature, man. And we have to work to suppress that. You know what I'm saying? And then, and I know you got a caller. Um, let's not forget about the caller. But it goes back to something you said. There is no land ownership in the United States under this present system. My family does not own this land. And I t- I've said this before. My cousin uh, who's deceased now pointed it out to me one day. He said, if I don't pay my taxes, what's going to happen? So you don't own it. How can how can they take? Now, if I go out and I buy, let's say, a fan, you know, because it's hot or whatever, I'm going to buy a fan. I don't, you know, once I purchase that fan, it's mine. I own it. I don't have to pay any more taxes on it or or anything. It's mine to do with what I choose to do with it. But when it comes to land, when you purchase land in this country, you have to pay taxes every year. I know people that's on, you know, because they couldn't afford the taxes are on a payment plan with the county to pay the taxes and what have you. And if they wasn't on that payment plan, guess what will happen? They come and take the land and auction it off. So we don't control, we don't own anything. We just are leasing stuff to control it. Yeah, there it is, right. But I I still think, but but Scotty, I, I still think you're looking at two different issues. And let me tell you why. I agree with what you're saying because it goes back to what I was saying, the corrupting of the system because of that how we do the ownership of the land and they they do what you're saying because it's a corrupt system and they still want to get paid on top of what they're getting paid for. But still, that's a whole different situation from the fact that, yes, man will always fight over resources because that's going to be part of the, um, the um, self-preservation type thing, you know, Yes, I'm going to fight you. But wait a minute, though, Keith. Let me. There's enough for everybody. But but my point was, Scotty, that's still a whole different scenario because those people, even though they fight over resources, which man has to do, it, it still went with a whole different type of respect for those resources and the way they cared for those resources and the respecting of the land and stuff like that. That was that's still a whole different mindset. Look, look for the for the people that came into the land. And I was looking at a picture the other day, right? And the picture I was looking at was a picture taken. I think it was like 1860s. It was right after the Civil War, so. And there was uh, several guys on there, and they were sitting on a mountain. If I tell you a mountain, I mean a mountain. I don't mean no hill. I'm talking about a mountain. And it was a mountain of buffalo skulls. They just came in and wiped that animal out just to wipe it out. That's a whole different, whole different thing when it comes to respecting of the land and the ecosystem and all these other kinds of things. Hey, I bet you can build. I bet you can build a mountain of Native American skulls too, and enslaved Africans. You sure can, because it's it's the killing for sport, and 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 that's a big difference. And. Yes, you know, it's. I, I will say this, because we're basically pretty much saying all the same things. There, there were territorial disputes that people had over the resources now in the past. But I don't know, Chief and Scotty, I don't know exactly what the overall fight for that was because I wasn't there. I don't know the reason why they were doing what they were doing 
to the point that I can de definitely say, but when you look at the totality, you can say, hey, they were fighting for resources, but I don't know the real reason why that was, but that's a part of human nature. Even in the animal kingdom, you'll have one uh, tribe or, or one pride of lions that will, will, will invoke or encroach on another pride, and then guess what? There's a fight. And what are they fighting over? The access, maybe because the animals have changed their overall uh, uh, traveling routes, and now it's easier to ambush those animals for food so, so, source this way, and it goes into another, you know, territory and everything else. So the territory of the land, the thing that, that we're saying is that, and, and everyone here is saying is that that overall relationship was, it, it was a relationship between this. You didn't kill for sport. And not only that, the territory was there. This is where we hunt. You weren't trying to own the land in way in which that society is now deemed as ownership through title. And now here's the thing about title. The thing about title is that the ones that you're paying to, guess what? They don't even have title to that land. They just created a title and said, this is a title. Now in order for you to get it and get the land, you're going to need to get to us. When is the land ever going to object to that? Because the land doesn't speak the way that we do. But it darn sure does communicate, and we, we, we fail to listen to the communications of the land when it speaks. Hence, we have what? Disruptions. And we've lost that connection. How come animals can actually sense an earthquake before it comes? Do we not have that ability? I'll tell you, I don't think that that's true because I think every single person has great intuition. I think that everyone is clairvoyant. You can, if you really put energy in wanting to find out what's going to happen before it happens, guess what? You will start to be able to discern what's going to happen before it happens more than when you didn't even want to put energy into that because our, our overall capabilities are untapped because they've been buried. I agree with what, that wholeheartedly. What we what we actually walk with is we're the walking dead because we're a nation of workers and we're not a nation of thinkers. Hey, is that caller still there, Dave? No, the uh, the, the the caller um, is is not there. So greed is a very important thing. We cannot emulate have desires and temptation to. We must break it. And it is, is not something that we could, is not something that we, and, and we have to look at the totality of this. This is very difficult. You have to realize and know your enemy. They have a strong position right now. I'm not going to attack my enemy at their strength. I'm going to find the weakness and start to chip away at that weakness. This is something that has been taught to us. This is the only thing that we've ever known. And since it's the only thing that we've ever known, what we do know that is wrong. But because of that, we have to establish something that is going to replace it that's more sustainable. And that is not going to take a twinkling of an eye. It's not going to take the, the ability. It's not going to have the overall presence that what we have right now because the, the system that we're subjugated under was before me. Physically, it was here before me, and I was born into this. 
Keith, what, what's the meme that you had? What do you mean I was born in the sin? I just got here. Right. But it takes a conscious individual effort to start to break those layers down in your life. On the subject of war and, and fighting over resources, you know, Donald Trump uh, has been in the news because he's going to pardon, quote unquote, war criminals who murdered um, innocent people over there in Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever. I didn't get the details, but I know um, it was in the news cycle a lot. So this vet on Twitter says that, you know, I'm a vet and lots of people serve with honor and blah, blah, blah. And he's making a mockery of our service and like, and I replied to him. I said, you know what, though? I get what you're saying. They did kill people. I get what you're saying. They kill non-combatants and, and civilians and what have you. And they should pay for that. But I said, you know, during the Gulf War, when I was sitting over there in Saudi Arabia reading Malcolm X's biography, I came to understand that we were all war criminals. Because why? We were all war criminals because of what? Uh, uh, we were killing people on, in the name of the petrodollar, to preserve the petrodollar, to take somebody else's resources, to inflict this government's will on another government and, and their people. So, and why did we do it? We did it for stable employment, cash bonuses, a GI bill, and other perks. So, you know, although we didn't go to a civilian and just murder him in, in cold blood, well, some of them did. If you dropping bombs, if you're a pilot and you dropping bombs on civilian infrastructure and civilians are dying, and what ha that's a war crime. That's a war crime. And and if you participate, you know, and, and I and I repent for the blood that's on my hand. You know, even though I didn't shoot anyone, you know, I... I I helped run a communication network so they could coordinate with each other on, on being able to kill better. You know what I'm saying? So we're all, all of us war criminals that have participated in unjust, justifiable wars. And you know what, what Scott, Scotty really clarified everything because it's our participation in this is why it exists. And our participation level goes so deep. And until we look at what are we doing wrong, guess what, Keith? We'll stay on that same path and always be praying from, for some direction away from it. And guess what? There will be no directional signs because we haven't taken a self – we haven't inventoried. We haven't assayed our participation in it all. And our participation in it all at an individual level, but we're quick to say that somebody else is doing this and somebody else is doing that. They're the problem. They're the problem. Yes, they may be the problem, but what it is is that you want to get rid of them and you don't want the system to change. And guess what? It's, it's like the old saying, guess what, Keith? Out with your old boss in with your new boss, and guess what you'll find out? Your old boss is the same as your, your new, your new boss is the same as your old. It's cyclical. It doesn't change. It's not changing is because we haven't taken the fortitude, the ethical fortitude, to really uh, say what is wrong.
And what we won't, and it's difficult for to do because that means that we're going to have to give up some things that we consider important to us. We're going to give up some things that we think that we need. We're going to have to give up things that we definitely know that we want. And I am guilty as charged. Keith, I'm going to speak for you. Keith, you. I, I ain't guilty. But. All right, then, go ahead and speak for me. Chief, you're guilty on all charges. And it's, it's, we have to tap back into our true power because our true power is that we can create something much greater than what we know that's been psychologically, physically, spiritually, emotionally wrong. We can correct this, but it's going to come at a cost. And I'm willing to, to start that journey with myself. And believe me, Keith, it don't always feel good. Okay, so we got to... And it ain't comfortable. The Bible verse. Okay. The love of money that is the root of all evil. That pretty much sums up what you're saying. In some in some forms and fashions, yes, absolutely. Now, and I think it's important to put out that they didn't say money is the root of all evil. No, they said the love of money. With it, go ahead. And it's the kind of love. It's the kind of love. It ain't the agape. Money is not evil. It's, it's and it's. And it's it's, it's, it's it's multifaceted. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of love. It's, 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 it's the abuse. The love of power. Of money. The love of power. We don't know that we don't want to live in the power of love. We want, we love power. And look at everything that's reinforced in that in our lives. Sports, entertainment, relationships with people, monetary benefit from it. We look at power as the ultimate prize. And we look at power as the ultimate prize because we we are powerless. You know, um, to what y'all talking about, the love of money being the root of all evil, but all crimes is not necessarily motivated by a financial gain and and what no. have you. For example, um, recently I, I saw this news story about this woman was walking down the street with her eight-year-old girl. And this dude pulls up and snatches the little girl, gets out of the car, snatches the little girl, throw her in the car, and drives off. And they ended up found, finding him at a hotel. That wasn't about money. But I would say that, that, you know, they say, often say, well, that's about perversion, but also power, because they say rape isn't necessarily about sex, but about power. So yeah. there's different motivations. You know what I'm saying? I don't think a serial killer is motivated by money. I think they're motivated no. by the power that they feel in taking somebody else's lives. Yep. Psychopaths and sociopaths. We become sociopathic. And that sociopathic breeds and changes the DNA so that we become psychopathic. 
Look at the nature in which we live under. Imagine if you were, Keith and everyone, imagine if you were from a different planet. And you looked here and you came here. I think that before you even saw the beauty, you know the first thing that you would see, Keith? I think the first thing that you would see is the iniquities. Oh, absolutely. It has so encompassed, it has developed. It's just like a wildfire develops its own atmosphere, has its own weather. The low frequency in which we operate under, I think, has changed the resident frequency of this planet because the atmosphere has been so chained by the storm. I agree. Uh, I think what you'll also find, though, in light of what I wouldn't want to come here. Scotty was saying also, uh, he's certainly right. All things aren't motivated by money. But I would surmise that if you still take it back, you'll find that 85%, 90% of all these things that we see, money is the basis for, not directly. But it's led to that one way or another. Money is used, I think, is money is used to garnish what I think every every malicious and malevolent act is based in power. And I think it's power. Yeah, and mess rolls downhill. It's power. If money, if we didn't have a, a, a the greed for money, like what we're talking about. Even those things that you talked about, when you talked about the psychopaths and the sociopaths and all that, all that stuff has been exasperated greatly. Why? It's because we don't take care of those people that need the help and everything else. Today, we used to. Uh, now, we've always had those problems. Those problems have always existed. They're always going to exist because you've got the frailties of man. You have the, yeah. you know, you have all those things. But... If you live in a society when that society is taking care of society, right, mm -hmm. in a benevolent way, you'll find that all these other types of crimes that you talked about, rape and everything else, are much, 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 much less than when those things aren't being taken care of. So you're exactly right. All those things aren't motivated directly by money. But we'll find that you live in a society that's full of greed for the money. You'll find that all those other crimes are much, much, much higher than otherwise speaking. I'll give you an example. If you look at, and we know these things, if, if we look at the kids, right, mm -hmm. and we know that if we spend money on those kids and take care of those kids and educate those kids and bring those kids up in a wholesome environment, Right? Your society is much better than our society today where the kids aren't being fed, they're going to school hungry, they're not getting an education. Right. And the reason why these kids aren't having all that is because somebody's got this love of money. And, and Keith, because we've got to wrap it up, we got to give that. It's so true, and that's, that's the whole thing, that the, the whole cusp of it all. And I, and I have to revert back to, uh, to the lot with DMX and, and Little Kim. Because when you have money, you have influence that gives you power. 
And the respect that people will have for you is that they'll fear you. Is it respect or envy a lot of times, you know? Um, Yeah. A a related scripture that came to my mind, Keith and Dave and and the audience is, why, why do you think it says that it's 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 easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why do you think it, it says that? What is your interpretation of that? What do you get from that? This is a person already got money. Yeah, his focus is wrong. He thinks he thinks, and it goes back to what we're saying, right? Supposedly, the way that they were thinking is if you're so absorbed in money it distracts you from everything that you really need to be absorbed with because you live a lie because that individual thinks that they're entitled from their power to everything they have an I problem everything is I I I I this land is mine that's this is this this is mine and it's it's they they're so delusional to the truth it's kind of like a child that has an entitlement uh, problem I'm entitled to all of this because, you know, I, they think beyond and they live beyond who they truly, truly are. And that turns into a, a malevolency that goes along with it. They're too big. Their head is too big. Their ego is too big to really conceptualize the truth. Do you know who I am? Well, let me give my yeah. interpretation. This is what I got yeah. in my spirit when I when I think about that scripture. I think about the Jeffrey Epstein's of the world. I think about the Donald yeah. Trumps of the world. I when I think about sex tourism in these impoverished com- countries where these wealthy people go and engage in all kind of perversion. I I think it's yeah. because your wealth enables you to do great evil. It's a temptation. You're yeah. you're constantly confronted with temptation because you can pay for your perversions. Yeah, and the, the, and, and Scotty, right? There is no temptations because your perversion becomes the way your way of life. Yeah, so so true. So we're getting ready to get out of here and um, just listen to you know not now, but listen to the the the. The old lots for those of you that that listen to uh, the lots with DMX and Little Kim, money, power, respect is is really what it is. It comes around to, and it's been the demise as the key to our lives. So much love, much respect. There's never goodbyes. Always, we'll see you later. And before you ask for a fortune, make sure to give one away. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. Say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. Say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together. To-